Let us pray. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Acts 26.29 Dear Lord, as I study the life of Paul in Acts 24-26, through I'm reminded that through his life, he teaches me about the power of vision. Through your vision for my life, God, I see that vision allows me to see myself. It allows me to see things not as they are, but as I am. I thank you that vision allows me to see others and moves me in a compelling way to act. Through your vision, God, you've strengthened me and enabled me to continue despite struggle and lack of resources. I thank you through your vision that you've given me. You are stretching me and giving me conviction to stand and to speak with confidence and to give me the compassion to share with others. However, through your vision, it shows me that as I move in compliant obedience, my vision will motivate me to act, which will ultimately bring fulfillment to my life. In all of these things, I remain grateful that you sent men like Paul before me to help guide me to the best days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. Paul on Trial In our last story, Paul was saved from certain death by the judge of Jerusalem. The Jews spat and spited Paul, planning to take his life. Yet Paul remained protected by God through the Roman legal system. Now Paul is brought to the governor Felix for trial. However, the Jews are continuing to plot against him. So Paul declares his right as a Roman citizen to be taken before Caesar, inspired by the book of Acts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. Once again, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. Thank you for joining us. In our previous time together, we heard how Paul appeared before the leaders in Jerusalem and how they did not want to hear him speak. Paul used their own lack of unity against them and frustrated their attempts to have him condemned. Ultimately, Paul was sent away to Caesarea to stand trial before Felix the governor. God was working even through the opposition to accomplish his purposes in Paul's ministry and in the advancement of the gospel, the kingdom of God. Today we'll hear as Paul stands trial before Felix, the Roman governor of the region. Though the leaders in Jerusalem were frustrated in their attempts to silence and even kill Paul, They will not relent and will continue to oppose Paul and bring false accusations against him before this governor. We'll hear as Paul remains bold, calm, cool, and collected and continues to use his rights as a Roman citizen, even the right to be tried by the supreme Roman ruler. Let's listen now to this reading from the book of Acts. It was evening, and the hall of Felix the governor was dimly lit by torches and lanterns. The governor sat at his throne-like desk, listening intently to the Jewish testimony. Paul remained silent as the Jews testified against him. His knee was throbbing, and his eyesight was leaving him due to all the beatings. Even in his broken state, Paul stood tall with the confidence of Christ. He knew that he should not stoop to their level. He would not curse, interrupt, or lie. He would tell the truth at all costs, and he would love his enemies best he could. Ananias, the high priest, stood forward and bowed to Felix. We have enjoyed much peace under your leadership, O great Felix. The reforms you have made for this nation have brought about a new age of prosperity, Ananias said. His demeanor was that of a humble priest and a man of peace. He played the part like an actor on stage. We do not want to take up any more of your time. We beg your kindness as you consider our case. This man, Paul, has been a plague to our people. He stirs up riots among the Jews and is the ringleader to a rebel group known as the Christians. He was trying to profane the temple when we seized him. After Ananias made his case, he bowed and stepped back. Felix's face was impassive. He did not smile, frown, or show any sort of bias. He simply nodded towards Paul to give his defense. Paul stood upright and smiled. You have been a judge over this nation for many years, Lord Felix. I cheerfully make my defense knowing you are a rational man. You yourself can verify that I was in Jerusalem for twelve days before I was detained. During that time there was no stirring or violence. They are accusing me because of my choice to follow the way, the Christ. Yet I still worship the God of our fathers. I believe all that was written down in the Law and Prophets. I have a clear conscience before God and man. In fact, when these men took me and beat me, 
I was in the temple finishing the purification ceremony. There was no violence on my part, only the mob that beat me endlessly until the judge rescued me. Paul finished, pleased with his statement. He had studied the art of law when he was a Pharisee, so he knew that they could not punish him. However, they could keep him captive. So Paul waited for Felix's response. Felix rose up from his seat and walked towards the door. When Lysias the judge comes down, I will decide your case. Until then, Paul will be kept under house arrest with the centurion. I will allow you to be cared for by your loved ones and to write to them. But make no mistake, you are my prisoner, and I will not hesitate to judge you. So Felix left, and Paul was chained to a centurion for weeks. It was during this time that Paul wrote many letters to the churches he started. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wrote prayers and points of wisdom for each church to live by. Occasionally, Felix would invite Paul to dine with him and his wife. His wife was a Jew and curious about the way of Jesus. Felix would listen and ask questions. Two years under Felix had passed, and he was eventually replaced by Festus. Paul's body had begun to heal, but his eyesight had left him dependent on the centurion who held him. Paul stumbled into the courtroom of Festus, meeting him for the first time. Festus was a fat and greedy man. He did not hold the same nobility and respect as Felix. He had been bribed by the Jews to send him back to Jerusalem, and he fully planned on doing so. Paul sensed this and did the only thing he knew to do. If I have done something worth killing me for, then strike me down now. I do not fear death, but if I am innocent, then I have been terribly mistreated as a Roman citizen. Paul looked Festus intensely in the eyes and said, This has gone on long enough. I appeal to Caesar. Every person in the room gasped at Paul's statement. The council of judges stood there in the room mumbling to themselves. Festus, growing uncomfortable with Paul's confidence, rose to his feet and said, To Caesar you have appealed. To Caesar you will go. King Agrippa was already scheduled to visit Festus in a few weeks, so Paul waited until then. He waited and prayed, for he was about to speak before the most powerful man in the world. Paul could hear the trumpets from inside his room. Cheers and music echoed throughout the entire city. Paul looked out his window to see a great procession of soldiers marching through the streets. Their armor glistened in the sun and reflected back in a thousand different directions. Centurions on pure white horses pranced around the streets, making way for the king. Paul's eyesight was poor, but there was no mistaking who he saw next. There was a man at the center of it all. A man standing with regality and pomp. King Herod Agrippa. A man who had a direct relationship with Caesar himself. Paul was shoved into the halls where Agrippa stood. He stood with an intense amount of power. Festus spoke, saying, Before I send this man to Caesar, I must know beyond any doubt that his case is worth his hearing. That is why I have asked you, Agrippa, to hear this man and give wisdom. Agrippa looked down at Paul. His face was impassive and gave nothing away. Paul felt his stomach tighten, but he held his head high. Agrippa nodded towards Paul and said, You may speak. Paul stretched out his hands. He knew that only God could perfectly judge him. So he stood with confidence, knowing that the Maker of heaven and earth stood behind him. He made his defense, saying, My whole youth was spent among the people in Jerusalem. 
They have known me for a long time. I lived among them as a Pharisee. I myself was convinced that Jesus of Nazareth was a plague and a stink to our religion. I locked up his followers and played a role in their death. I was wrong. Paul paused for a moment, doing his best to hold back the choking sensation of oncoming tears. He cleared his throat and looked up to Agrippa with watery eyes. I was met by Christ, and have now dedicated my life to seeing all people, Jews and Gentiles, come to know the love of God and the resurrection from the dead. Festus interrupted Paul with a loud voice, saying, Are you mad? Stop speaking nonsense to the king. You know I am not out of my mind, Paul retorted. He nodded to King Agrippa. My king, I know these things have not escaped your eyes. You have seen great things done by Jesus' followers. I know you believe. Agrippa gave a short smile. In such a short time, you nearly persuade me to be a Christian. He responded with a playful voice. Paul bowed his head and grinned. The king stepped down from his platform and began to exit. This man has done nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. In fact, if he did not appeal to Caesar... I would just let him go. But since he has appealed to our emperor, he must go to Rome. So Agrippa left, and Paul was bound in chains to sail off to Rome. In all this chaos, God was on the move. The God of all nations was going to be presented before the most powerful man in the known world. The gospel was going to be spoken to Caesar. In today's scripture, Paul had journeyed with Roman protection to the city of Caesarea, where he would stand trial before Felix the governor. He had narrowly escaped death at the hands of the Jews there, but his troubles were far from over. The Jewish leaders had come too, ready to stomp out this man whom they hated so much. They'd even employed a lawyer named Tertullius to bring their case against Paul. Of course, they did not have a real case, so they resorted to flattery and falsehoods. They began by stating how grateful they were to Felix for all that he had done for the nation, the nation of Israel. They knew he didn't really have time for this trivial matter, so they hoped this would be resolved quickly. Then came the lies. Supported by the testimony of the Jewish leaders, Tertullius argued that Paul was a plague who stirred up riots among the Jews throughout the world. He was nothing more than a troublemaker. And on top of that, They accused him of profaning their temple. This was said so that Felix would just hand Paul back over to them to be tried in Jerusalem, where they were certain to condemn Paul to death. Paul stood and listened patiently. When it was his time to speak, he calmly and plainly made his defense. He knew that Felix was fair and a reasonable man and a very powerful one. He spoke truthfully and candidly demonstrating how the claims against him could not be true. He did not deny being a follower of Jesus, the way, as he referred to Christians at that time. Instead, he gave his confession as a follower of Jesus, a worshiper of God, who sought to live with a clear conscience before God and man. Paul concluded with a restatement of his hope in the resurrection of the dead, then waited for Felix to respond. We discover that Felix was not ready to rule yet. But Paul was not going to rot in a prison cell either. He would be under house arrest. During this time, Paul was able to share the gospel with many, including Felix and his wife, Drusilla. For two years, Paul awaited a decision from Felix. We're told that Felix was really hoping for a bribe from Paul, 
one that never came. But in those two years, Paul wrote letters to the churches that he had planted throughout Asia, and he continued to share Christ with all who would listen. Surely, these weren't the circumstances Paul had imagined when the Lord told him that he would take his witness to Rome. Yet he persevered, even in chains. It is a reminder that our circumstances should not determine our convictions. Rather, our convictions should carry us through our circumstances with faith and courage. And there were still some twists and turns ahead. As we heard, Felix was eventually replaced by Festus, a much less sympathetic governor. He was paid off by the Jews and was about to send Paul back to Jerusalem when Paul pulled out his trump card and appealed to Caesar. Festus had no choice and told him that if he wanted to go to Caesar, that's where he would go. But first, Paul would have to appear before Herod Agrippa, the Jewish king of Judea, who was soon to visit Festus in Caesarea. As he stood before Agrippa, we heard a beautiful testimony from Paul. He laid out his story, how he had been a devout Jew who had once opposed Jesus, but God appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Paul shared the gospel powerfully before the king, and his words had a great impact. Agrippa could feel the passion in Paul's words, the persuasion in Paul's life, and he asked if he thought in such a short time that he could convince him, persuade him, to become a Christian. Paul's response revealed his heart for his Jewish brethren. We find it in Acts 26, 29. Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Agrippa was ready to rule. Paul had done nothing to deserve the chains he wore and certainly not death. If it were up to him, he would release Paul then and there. But Paul had appealed to Caesar and that is where he would go. Though God could have spared Paul this long and arduous voyage and journey ahead as he traveled to Rome, God had a purpose in mind even in all of this pain. Paul understood that and willingly submitted, joyfully carrying the message of Jesus and his salvation along the way. The next time, we'll hear how his journey continues right into the face of a storm. Let's pray together. Dear God, we ask that you give us a loving heart for people who do not know you. May we be faithful and fervent in our desire to tell others who Jesus is and how he has changed our lives. We thank you for the Apostle Paul, for the testimony of his faith that changed the world. And God, even in chains and circumstances that are adverse, may we always be courageous and full of character as we share the love of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study the priority of your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing this with others, you can make a difference in their lives, a big, big difference. You can help ensure that more and more people hear these life-changing readings from God's Word with a gift today. To keep these gospel-centered messages reaching people around the world, please give now at www.bibleinayear.com. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for Christian living, visit jackgraham.org. When you visit us at jackgraham.org, you will find many free resources as to how you may grow in your faith and share your witness with the gospel. 
We would love for you to take us up on that offering. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Hello, I'm Dr. Tony Evans, and I'm excited to have you join me on this new podcast, Heroes in the Bible. Come to me, boy. You and your God will crumble beneath my feet. He beckoned the giant and said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and creator of the stars. You know, we all have giants that we face in our life. And when you understand that the greatness of God affects our ability to handle the giants of life, it will encourage, inspire, and challenge all of us to our faith in God and our growth in Jesus Christ. Look past his height and appearance, Samuel, for man sees the outward appearance. They see the strength of the man's arms, but the Lord looks into the heart. Listen to Heroes in the Bible with Dr. Tony Evans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.